Hello, my name is Luc Hartsema, and you are listening to the first episode of the Square Dot Radio podcast. In this episode, I will talk with Julian Merten, and together with his love partner Carolina Grena, he co-founded Deeply. Deeply is a non-profit organization with a mission to support individuals in their personal development journey. In today's episode, I want to talk with Julian about reaching out to people you acknowledge or appreciate, but don't personally know. During the conversation, I hope we will pick up some hints and tips that will help you build a personal network. Hello, Julian. Hello, Luke. Nice to talk to you. Good to have you in the Square.Radio podcast. Um, we met one another for the first time in um, 2019, just before the Startup Weekend Groningen took place. And ever since, we had many good conversations. And uh, you also have a podcast of your own called The Ambitious Slop, in which I once was your guest as well. Um, but what I never asked you, but always wondered, was... Why is the podcast called The Ambitious Slot? Is the slot your spirit animal? <laughs> that's that's a pretty good question. Um, no, the, the origin story was really that I was uh, in front of my computer, had recorded the first episode, but didn't have a name yet. And so I was really just actively thinking about it. And I want to have something in there with like active, with ambition, with just creation of something great. And I usually find it interesting or, or um, cool when there's the opposition of something weird next to it, because that makes it just, just like somebody's like, wait a minute, ambitious, that doesn't fit. No. And it immediately spins up your, your mind. But I didn't get to sloth until I saw on my, um, in front of my window was like a little sign. And I got it from my um, godmother. And it basically said, I'm, I'm feeling the animal awaken in me, and it's a sloth. <laughs> so really funny, funny joke. Um, and I just took then the, the sloth from it. I was like, the I mean, that kind of does fit, but does not. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It was really just that random. But the term sloth is also used to describe um, the failure to do things that one should do. And that seems so contradictory to the advice I imagine you would give, for example, during your coaching sessions. It's it's interesting because quite often it's um, the the balance that we need in in life. That sometimes we go to one too much into one extreme, and sometimes too much into the other. And yeah, the other point that's underlying is there. You always need a balance because I was like always trying to do everything and perfect and continuously do something. And I forget to relax and to like really wind down and don't do anything. And that was the, the sloth was the amazing <laughs> image for like, Hey, you also need to relax once in a while in order to actually open up your mind, feel really open, see opportunities. That's really important as well. So there's the the opposition, the balance aspect in there as well. Yeah. Nice, I understand, and I'm also glad we have cleared this up because I, yeah, I didn't <laughs> know. Um, today, I'd love to talk with you about reaching out to people you acknowledge and appreciate, uh, but are not in contact with. 
And uh, yeah, this topic is very important to me because I believe that human contact is such a fundamental need. Uh, nonetheless, I notice there are many people who are hesitant to reach out and connect with others. And uh, they find it hard to start a real conversation. Is there something that you recognize as well with, for example, the people you coach or uh, just for yourself perhaps as well? Yeah, um, maybe I can start with myself because also me as more being uh, an introvert, actually, it's not that easy to just go up to somebody and talk to them. Mm -hmm. That's, it's just not that easy for me, let's say. So um, the, the, then the approach is like, okay, how do you do that with your friends? How do you do that with other people, people usually? And that helps me to like, just get sort of into the flow and recognize, hey, okay, I can just talk to that person by um, seeing something, giving them a compliment, acknowledging something. So for example, I, I remembered how I did that with um, you also on the startup weekend. Then afterwards, we already knew each other a little bit, but I noticed then the unique skill that you had about being uh, really open for human connection and really open for showing emotions. And that was for me super important then to connect with you on that level. So basically you're saying that uh, it also depends on the, the person that you're trying to connect to or would love to connect to? Yeah, because you, you do want to connect to people that you, as you said, find admiring something important about them. And really recognizing that uh, what it is and just reflecting that back to other people as sort of a compliment or just sort of like a message. Hey, I found this amazing. That was really cool in that event or there or whatever it is. And that is usually, for me at least, that's my, I would say, unique way of, of getting, a, getting over this first little fear moment of like, oh, can I just talk to them? Do they are they maybe like too high above my league or whatever thoughts you might have? Mm -hmm. um, and just bringing that back is like, for me at least, relatively easy. Just bring, hey, that was amazing. I just want to let you know that. Yeah. You also have traveled quite a lot uh, around globe. And uh, you also studied in various places like uh, Hong Kong and then Enschede, I believe, and Groningen, of course. Um, you were born and raised in Germany. Um I imagine you also had to make new connections yourself each time that you uh, landed in a new place, and especially if you stayed there for a longer period of time. That is true. Um, and it is, I guess it got by, I, I think I would say in school time or in the younger years, I was even more introvert than I'm right now. And sort of by, by exposing myself to always needing to meet new people, it got better and better over time. Um, but yeah, I really just start by, okay, what's my comfort zone? Where do I feel comfortable in? Uh, because that makes it easier for you to open up to other people and make connections. So and by, for example, in Hong Kong, I, I knew somebody still from University of Enschede um, where I could connect to in the beginning. And then there was another thing, what I was interested in was back there also entrepreneurship or sports. Yeah, and that that's that was the the fields how I can connect to other people, but still super slow. It's not like I'm just going up to some people and just 
talk to them and I know them and just have hours of conversations. Um, that's still not not the easiest way for me. It's just like we have a shared experience somehow. We can talk about it. We chat about it. And then sort of some sometimes slowly something develops out of it. Yeah. But I think there's also important that you notice, like you get a really good feeling. I think that's maybe what I learned through traveling. You get a really good feeling with who you uh, sort of vibe with, who's like easy going, who's, who's the person who you would like to connect with. Yeah. And just getting an eye for that is, uh, was very useful for me. Yeah, but still, I also see that there are, uh, for example, in the organization of the events that I've been uh, uh, collaborating with other people, they they sometimes find it hard to uh, reach out to, for example, sponsors. They rather email instead of having a nice conversation on the phone and also connecting personally, um, mm-hmm. which is also beneficial for what you would ho- like to accomplish or for the purpose that you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had this also with uh, with my podcast, actually, um, because I wanted to push myself as well to connect to other people. And uh, there was, for example, then a guy uh, called Alexander Hein with a YouTube channel of the Modern Health Monk. And he had back then already like 200,000 subscribers. And I was like having my third episode of the podcast, completely newbie. And I was like, I can't really possibly reach out to them. He's like, way out of my league um but i like what i did was at least for me like super huge preparation notice all the things that he was really good at pointed out some videos that uh, that i liked especially and wrote him like a a nice uh, super long email about what i wanted to do and surprisingly enough he was so generous and happy and just yeah sure when do you want to have the call was basically the response and i was so blown away by 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 this response that some people just want to share their time and that's actually also what i experienced with you you were just like so open said ah sure two-hour conversation no problem wait a minute some people are just really generous and offering their time in advance for possible great connections that are happening yeah that's a really nice conclusion as well yeah i had really nice nice experiences with that just reaching out like also realizing the worst thing that could happen that it i don't know goes in spam or he never reads it or he reads it and doesn't respond barely anybody says this is annoying email i don't want to have a compliment from you go away yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's almost impossible so i really figured for myself like there's nothing that i can lose by just reaching out to that person especially if it's through email it's not the direct contact it's even easier. Yeah. yeah, I sometimes also feel that I'm making things much bigger than necessary when I'm, for example, trying to reach out to somebody who I admire. Exactly. Like we we have a have a German saying like making uh, an elephant out of mosquito. Yeah. When there's just like tiny thoughts, it's like maybe he doesn't like me when I write this. And then you cannot send the whole email because he might not like this sentence that you write, just an example. And um, those tiny things can completely get you out of your mind and forget the human connection. Like bringing it always back towards, hey, there's another human on the line that also 
needs connections that also wants to be loved that also likes some compliments every now and then and just wants to feel appreciated that's sort of the baseline of the human connection that we want that we all want yeah yeah and seeing that is very helpful to lowering this threshold of just talking to the other person yeah and that is also like i i I realized that uh it is also then much more helpful to just really talk to somebody because uh, Mm. that is also the most human way to converse or to uh yeah enjoy uh social contact yeah definitely also like i I notice a little bit now that especially in in germany or the netherlands this like just directly reaching out and talking to somebody is not that common as it is here right now where i'm in south america yeah everybody just talks with everybody for like half an hour an hour i i never met that person before but on the bus stop we talked about this for 20 minutes constantly people are just doing that they're having just by ordering um i don't know a a cake in a in a cafeteria they just have a conversation with the waiter about oh which is today the best and what can we else what else do you have or can we talk about this and this and that and they have like a 15 minute conversation just to choose which cake they they want yeah this is this is amazing for me to realize oh that's not always the case that you just like don't reach out to people or don't have those those long conversations. What are the reasons for that? That we are a bit more uh, holding back or withdrawn. Um, I think it does have to do something with the, just the general cultural approach, how the culture is put together, I guess. Uh, Here, the part is definitely like open summer, uh, always warm. It's just creating some positive feelings. Like in summer, when you're in the park, when you're having some barbecue, you were generally more open to connect. And I can't imagine that that's, this has an influence on how the, the culture in general is. Interesting insight, yeah. Yeah, and also here it's um, uh, a lot more towards the, I guess, closeness of friendships and families. Like they they have a lot more regular meetings. They really have a lot of meetings together with the whole family, with like cousins and uncles, and that's that's happening here as well. So I think that just the level of human interaction, like sometimes I, I talked to a guy from Peru and he didn't really remember when was the last time that nobody was around him other than when he was sleeping. So they're constantly in contact with other people and want to have this interaction. It feels like people are just like a tiny bit more extrovert on on average than than in Europe. Yeah. Or, well, let's say more Germany or the, or the Netherlands, because I guess Spain is a bit different either, as well. Interesting, yeah. If we would summarize what we just spoke about, I think, um, well, we already touched upon a few reasons why it is. Are there any tips also on uh, how you could deal with it if you are experiencing this sort of hesitation yourself? Mm. The the best thing that I for myself realized, what I also just noticed talking about it just now, was the moments that I did reach out to people and it did work just stayed in my mind. So the only thing that really helps, at least in my experience, is going through that tiny bit of fear that you experience of what the other person would think and uh, just 
getting used to it, it's completely fine to fear that. But despite of that feeling or that fear, going through it, just noticing, I'm a huge fan of meditation. So maybe just meditate on it rather than letting your mind go crazy to stop your thoughts somewhere. As you said, like, oh, sometimes I make things too big. Just stop yourself somewhere there. Notice, wait a minute, there's another human that I want to reach out to. And it's fine if he doesn't have time or doesn't want to, but I just want to have the human connection with them. Yeah. And just speaking on that level with other people is usually really well respected. So just going through this little bit of fear, pushing yourself maybe even, and going on, on the other side and noticing how how many benefits there actually are to yeah. just connecting to other people and it's, also perhaps it's so amazing um, also perhaps how equal other people are uh, to yourself i don't even realize what they have thought maybe about it before um talking to another person that's in another league for them it's the same thing for everybody exactly so, yeah yeah uh, you already touched a little bit upon uh, uh, the fact that you love to do meditation and uh, beside the topic that we already, uh, well, basically were talking about, uh, I wanted to ask you about your time in uh, Thailand uh, mm. because you basically stayed in a monastery with uh, Buddhist monks for uh, for a while. Um, can you um, briefly tell me what a typical day looked like over there? Sure. Um, so very typical um, was getting up at four. The first morning chanting started at four twenty. Um, then first round of walking and sitting meditation that was always uh, changing. Um, so at first walking meditation, then sitting, then walking, then sitting continuously until six thirty. Then breakfast, then continuing meditation until ten thirty. Then that was lunch, then continue meditating until 3 p.m. Then we had the reporting to the sort of head teacher of the monastery, how everything went, uh, of how the meditation practice practice went. And he may, might uh, give us another task that we should work on during the meditation. And then until most of the time, until 9 p.m., you could continue meditating. Yeah, more meditation. That's it. <laughs> Lots of meditation. Yeah, so it was it was very structured, very clear what you needed to do. Um, sometimes a bit more, you know, cleaning the 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 backyard as well. Like some cleaning duties were there as well, but pretty much meditating, eating, and reporting. Nice. So, and, <laughs> very, uh, very structured. Yeah, yeah. Sounds. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always admired to go to a monastery someday, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure anymore. Nonetheless, uh, last time you also told me that while you were trying to get into a meditative state, uh, that the mosquitoes were uh, coming for your blood. And I found the story about this so inspirational because I believe it resembles so many aspects in our day-to-day -day lives as well. And uh, I wanted to ask you if you could share that story once more. Yeah, sure. So for some reason... Um everywhere in the world not just in thailand mosquitoes are just drawn to me i don't know i think they're <laughs> just some people i don't know the blood type or whatever so my girlfriend was also in the monastery she was quite often sitting sitting next to me she was not attacked by it and i just always got stung by them um and that was 
not that much like the stung itself was annoying or the itchiness but before like when i noticed they're flying around my head i just get agitated and when you're meditating you actually notice how agitated you are when just getting having your head space sort of full with that one mosquito flying around you yeah, i think and most people uh, recognize this yeah i think so and i think at the fourth or fifth day i was really really getting fed up by it because it was really distracting in my meditative practice and then i was wanting to look into okay how how bad is this what am i freaking out for this is this doesn't make sense and i wanted to get over this freaking out over this fear of how oh, soon i will be get stung and so at the i think it was the uh, lunch on one day i was like okay i i got enough i cannot even eat right now because i'm freaking out because of the mosquito so i'll just observe what's happening and see how crazy it is to get stung by it and um yeah just wait and see what happens and so i did and i don't know like 20 seconds later obviously a mosquito landed on my hand and stung me right between my sort of on the triangle between the pointing finger and the thumb and i could perfectly observe it just arriving approaching sitting there putting the whatever pipe in in my uh, the sting in my hand and i felt a little sting obviously like a tiny needle mm -hmm. sting and then the the sort of poison came in and that hurt a little bit and i was like yeah that's probably not more than I don't know, getting a little stung for the vaccine now or whatever. And then another poison sort of push came. So it hurt a little bit more and a little bit more, but it was fine. I got, I had it on my hand. It was fine. It was a bit itchy getting now, but that's completely fine. Yeah. Like there's nothing to be really scared of or freak out about. And after, I don't know, like a minute or two, I was, like, okay, that's that's what I'm completely freaking out about. It that is crazy. This is just mind-boggling how I can spend so much time about freaking out about this one mosquito stinging me like this. And yeah, at some point I put it, pushed it off my hand, because we're also not allowed to kill any animals. So that was the the other yeah. part. And the the fun part of it was while like allowing this mosquito to stung me on my hand. It already stung me like three, four times my knee, and that got completely swollen. And <laughs> but you didn't even and, notice uh, it because you, I yeah. didn't even notice it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the that was funny. But the, I guess the gist of it is we're freaking out so much about things that might happen that the freaking out is way way worse than the actual thing happening. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I really love that story and. Um, um, yeah, I think it's just so inspirational also for so many situations. Yeah, it's just like a tiny mosquito bite, but it also applies to writing that email or approaching that person to talk to. Mm -hmm. Just like, how does it feel when you actually do it? And was it that bad after you did it? So, yeah. What's the worst yeah. thing that can happen? Yeah, and in those situations, it's it's just definitely not worth it to spend hours thinking about it. So, but because we go into this pattern that I now see all the time when coaching, everybody has those patterns that you go into 
of sort of safe mechanism of at some point we might uh, gotten hurt when talking to somebody this is like a mechanism for us to feel safe to just feel protected but it also at some point then later in life stops us from growing as well so we need to push that to through that sometimes in order to actually realize this is a pattern that was helpful when i was five years old um, but not anymore indeed yeah that's really nice um is there anything we still want to talk about julian before we uh, wrap up this episode um yeah i think there, there was really many things really the important part is quite often just noticing that it's not bad to just trying new things and also the failing part really getting used to that feeling maybe with meditation maybe with other things um, but just really allowing yourself to not freak out that much but rather act more yeah i think that's really good advice what are your future plans in regard to uh, coaching for example mm, good one um just recently yeah i think uh two three days ago i've got a lot clearer on it i was just reading the book from uh, malcolm gladwell gladwell outliers um and in there was also the ten thousand hour rule and when i was reading it two things really popped into, into my mind that became really important recently in my life one is as we talked about coaching and the other one the other one that gives me a lot of joy is podcasting Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, what do I want to spend the 10,000 hours on? It's those two things. And right now, I, um, you were talking about the Ambitious Sloth podcast, which unfortunately I didn't continue really after, like, I don't know, a year ago or something. But I've, I was longing for more of those deep conversations, for example, that we just had. And so I started a new one uh, called Just Basically Super Plain. Uh, it's uh, the Hula Merten podcast yeah. and it's not really for like oh I want to promote it or I want to make something big out of it it's sort of my excuse that's maybe another tip that was my excuse to reach out to people I admire and have a deep conversation with them yeah because that sounds that. different when you ask for hey can we have a podcast interview instead of um, hey you sound cool can we talk that's kind of weird but if you have the excuse of, hey, I have this amazing podcast. I love to interview people there. Would you like to come come on the show? I That's still, something different. I still think you can still do it, even despite you don't have a podcast, though. Yeah, oh, for sure. That was just like my little trick to like overcome this this mental barrier that I built myself. Yeah. So maybe you, you can find something else for yourself um, of, I don't know, just talking to other people or um, just sometimes putting yourself in uh, giving yourself a rule. Um, oh, I made myself this rule that every month I talk to an inspiring person that, that I want to uh, uh, learn something from and just using that as an excuse for talking to somebody. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> just have your uh, a little reasoning in your mind that you get over this, this tiny fear is, is really nice. Yes. Julian, I want to thank you for the conversation we had just now. Um, I appreciate it a lot. And uh, to our listeners, I would love to say um, I hope you liked it as well. Uh, and if anyone would like to continue the conversation with us, 
uh, then remember, don't hesitate whether you should reach out to us uh, because we are ain't, ain't that scary. And as you've heard, we uh, love to uh, converse. Um, yeah, let's wrap it up with that. Uh, thanks again, Julian. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.